If you are in the 81% of aspiring authors out there, stop aspiring and start writing with Readsy. Readsy allows indie authors to find and work with the best publishing professionals, from developmental editors to book cover designers to publicists. Just sign up for an author profile, browse the extensive marketplace of professionals, find the best fit for your project, and set a collaboration in motion. And with built-in contracts, protection, and mediation from Readsy, finding qualified freelancers, editors, designers, and marketers as a self-published author just got a lot easier. Go to readsy.com today to sign up and set your first collaboration in motion. That's R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com. Honestly, it all stems from just creative fear. I still don't really understand how I do it. I fear not being perfect. That sort of story is inspirational to a lot of wannabe writers out there who feel they have a book in them but are living a totally different life at the moment. I'm watching these students who are given their absolute all, pursuing this creative profession, and they're not held back by fear. Taking a book the whole nine yards, from an idea in your head to words on a page, from a scribble on a napkin to a listing on Amazon, that's easier said than done. But it's also easier than you'd think. I'm your host, Casimir M. Stone, and this is Readsy's Bestseller, the podcast demystifying the process of self-publishing a book for aspiring novelists everywhere, one episode at a time. This is our season two epilogue, always a challenge. Boston, 1809. A boy is born to a pair of actors, one of whom disappeared months after he was born, while the other succumbed to tuberculosis a year later. He was raised in a foster family in Virginia, where he attended school to study ancient languages and wrote for a newspaper. Unable to support his education and his livelihood on an artist's salary, he left his school and family behind and enlisted in the army. This took him everywhere from West Point to Charleston to Boston Harbor, but it never stopped him from writing. It was in the army at the age of 18 that he published his first collection of poems, and soon after leaving the service, he became one of the first ever American authors to support himself off writing alone. That boy, of course, was Edgar Allan Poe, and a century later, Jen, aka Bella Falls, took the opposite approach as her biggest influence and alleged ancestor. But now, she too supports herself off writing alone. This season, we followed Jen as she followed a long and winding road to starting a career as an author. If this is the first episode you're tuning into, please go back and start listening from our season two prologue. This being the epilogue and all, spoilers abound. Jen was born with a love of telling spooky paranormal stories, and she too lived the military nomadic life following her enlisted husband from the American South all the way to Japan and back again. But the similarities to Poe end there. In high school, she stopped writing publicly because it wasn't as cool, and it wasn't until 2018 that she published Moonshine and Magic, the first in a series that is now on its fifth book with more to come. In between, she changed jobs as often as locations. She went to college and grad school, she taught English off the coast of Japan, and after discovering the world of self-publishing around the time Amazon's Kindle launched in 2007, she dabbled in social media management, editing, and design, 
all the while learning the tricks of the trade from other successful authors before finally overcoming her own self-doubt and becoming a best-selling author herself. Unlike Poe, who committed to writing from the day he could lift a pen to the day he died, the theme of Jen's life has unequivocally been change. I think in the beginning, because there were less choices, you could write whatever and and throw it out there and see if it worked. And if it didn't work to the level you wanted, you could write something else and try something else. I think experimentation was more viable in the earlier days. But change definitely has a place in writing, particularly in self-publishing, where, as we discussed in the past couple of episodes, one of the biggest benefits is the ability to pivot and rebrand if something about your writing or marketing isn't connecting with readers, which might explain the things that Jen is cooking up next. What's next for you? I have a new series that is getting ready to launch uh, sometime soon. Uh, at the beginning of the summer, and it is another Paranormal Cozy mystery series in the South, and it has a new cast of characters that I'm already in love with. They're quirky, they're funny, and um, I, I've already been laughing a lot while, while writing this. But at the same time, while it has a lot of the same elements as my first series, uh, it's completely different. This, this new series is uh, more like a Southern female Indiana Jones who goes out to find objects that are imbued with magic and has to uh, find them, get them, and keep them so that they don't harm other people. And of course, there are people who are after these objects. It's cozy mystery for sure, but it's also got a little bit of adventure in it. On top of that, I've also set up a third series that I think will be launching this fall. To transition from a fear of creative failure to working on three concurrent series might sound extraordinarily daunting to some new writers. To be sure, it's something Jen herself wouldn't have thought of doing a few years ago. It has become a bigger challenge. I have I have experience of that, of putting something out. It got some visibility at the beginning and then and then it quickly dropped off. But this massive change is also in line with the marketing plan she's adopted since she started publishing Cozy Mysteries. Her rapid release strategy of putting out a new title every few months takes advantage of Amazon's algorithms and boosts visibilities for all of her books, which, as you'll recall, is kind of a big deal for indie authors these days. Now that there are so many titles out there, visibility remains the biggest problem. So you can put something out, but how do you make it visible? Releasing multiple series can help, and it takes the rapid release strategy to the next level. You can leverage the readers from your older series to create momentum for the newer one, and perhaps even bring in new readers from different genres and demographics as well. This is especially true for Jen because her new series aren't exactly disconnected from her older ones. And all of these will have crossovers within themselves. So I will have my main character from my first series will cross over and interact with my main character of my second series, and they will interact with my third series. It's partially how my brain works. I always say leave a door open. So I always assume every character I write could end up having their own series. Uh, From a business side, it means I'm leaving the door open for readers to follow me into another series. 
Ideally, this would work twofold. First, it's algorithmic. From a purely marketing perspective, expanding your product into different markets should expand your consumer base as well. And after publishing, branding, and marketing five books in barely a year, Jen doesn't really mind thinking about the numbers anymore. After all, she supports herself off writing alone. And I think that's how we have to think about it, that the marketing has to be a part of the, the, the hat. It's writing and marketing in order to make this a career. But it also works with the human side of marketing that we covered last episode, the personal touch necessary to attracting and keeping a steady community of readers who will return to your writing book after book and series after series. By creating an interconnected world with overlapping characters and places torn right from her hometown, Jen is setting readers up for an immersive experience that goes beyond simply reading a book. The benefit is that it makes the world seem richer and that there's, you know, more possibilities out there. And for the readers who are there, it gives them a thrill to know if they sh- if, if my character from my, my first series shows up in my second and they're reading my second series, they're going to be thrilled to see this character again. And they're going to say, oh, I know her story, but how is she going to affect this story? It just brightens thing- things up, makes it more exciting. And for a new reader of the new series, it makes them go, huh, I don't know anything about that character. I need to go find out. So it's both a creative, fun place to be. It's a fun place to be for the readers, but also from a business side, it is uh, sending readers back and forth to the different series. So crossing over becomes a game, but it also becomes an effective marketing tool. Does that add then to the sense of community? I think so. My hope is is that if I if I gain new readers with a new series, that they'll connect over to with the readers from my first series, um, and then I'm gonna be a little tricky with my third series because I'm gonna take a character that readers have loved from the first series and allow them to finish out their story in the third series. It makes me so excited to write these series because all of them exist in the same world in the sense of my rules for magic are the same. Um, the, you know, while people are living their lives, the the characters from the first book are living their lives. So they all have their own stories and they have their own flavors, but at the same time, they can exist in the same bowl. <laughs> Still, this all sounds a little funny coming from Jen, who over the course of this season has admitted many times to her own struggles with self-doubt, fear of failure, and imposter syndrome. Many aspiring or debut novelists out there are surely having trouble writing just one book. How can they be expected to write, not to mention rapidly release, dozens? Well, take some solace in the fact that even now the prospect is daunting to Jen, too. Um, this all sounds very complicated and I will probably have many days where I am trying to pull out my pink colored hair. But five books in with no sign of slowing, it's obvious that Jen has found some way of coping with the self-doubt that stops so many creatives in their tracks. So I asked her what it was. Her answer was not exactly what I expected, but ultimately it made a lot of sense. 
I think every creative uh, experiences what I, what is commonly known as imposter syndrome, like you don't belong here. Even those who do great success at some point in time feel like uh, they don't they don't belong because we're putting out something that's creative, that's very personal for others to consume, and that's a scary place to be. Um, in the past, I've let my own doubts stop me from writing completely for months on end. Uh, how I feel like I've overcome it is actually because I stopped thinking of myself as only a writer and I donned the hat of, of being a publisher in equal weight to being the creative writer. So the publisher in me knows I need to have a product to put out. And ultimately, that's what drives me and keeps me going every single day, which is if I don't have something else for the readers to read, then I may not keep, keep my readers. This idea of indie authors having to be both writer and publisher became the unofficial theme of my chats with Jen and, by extension, this season. Her roadblocks, lessons, failures, and successes all seem to stem from that. So it only makes sense that embracing the business side of writing, the bane of so many writers out there, is exactly the thing that helped her to actually write. Granted, there's pretty much no such thing as creating without self-doubt. For many writers, it never goes away completely. The fear that the thing you're creating won't be perfect has dogged creative forever. But you can't let that stop you from creating, because there's no such thing as perfection, either. The more books I write, this is the lesson I've learned. There is no perfect story. Um, I could always go back and fix things in previous books if I read them, but... The thing is, is that readers have read them, they've liked them, and they've moved on to read the next book. So that in and of itself, seeing that kind of response has taught me, oh, wait, there is no perfect story. Um, and allowing myself to know that there isn't a perfect story has allowed me to move on. And so now my job is to keep giving solid stories that readers like again and again. And that's what makes this a very satisfying and incredible job that I would like to do for as long as I possibly can. I'm also not convinced that Jen, or any of us for that matter, could do it alone. Um, other things that I'm inspired by are my community of writers who I talk to every single day. I get to connect with my readers through things like Instagram and my reader group. Um, and I try very hard not to be too isolated in my personal life. Um, getting out of the house is really and truly important. To uh, That way I can sometimes quiet the little gremlins in my head that tell me I'm an imposter. But she did it, nevertheless. After a decade of building relationships with writers and learning from them, Jen finally started writing herself. To hear her tell it, that was the hardest change of all. But it was also the most important. From my teacher background, the thing I always said was write and write often, and that's the only way your writing gets better. I have so many books that are written that will never see the light of day. Um, and all of that writing got me prepared to write my cozy mystery series. And so it's never bad to try and write a book. And here's the great thing about being an indie writer. If you finish that book and you think, you know, I want to publish this, well, now you have the steps in which to publish. Now do your due diligence and figure out where does it fit? Uh, what market would I be, you know, would this go into? Who would I be trying to attract attention to? 
Um, that's the beauty of our job, which is once we have something written, we have that option to put it out there for consumption. And you may find that you like it when one or two readers find it and, and like it, and that's okay for you. Um, or you may find that you want the challenge of really finding a readership, which is a group of readers that come back again and again to read your words. But if you don't write even that first word, uh, then then you'll never have anything to, to actually work with in the first place. Thank you for listening to Season 2 of Best Seller. This miniseries was written, hosted, and produced by me, Casimir M. Stone. If the past seven episodes made you feel a little more prepared to turn working writer from a dream job into a career, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It helps other aspiring authors who might find Jen's story helpful to find us. And please keep your eyes peeled for more addendum episodes, as well as the premiere of our third season. Our guest for this season is Jen Falls, a.k.a. Bella Falls, author of the Southern Charms Cozy Mysteries series. You can purchase her books on Amazon or on her website at bellafallsbooks.com. And you can follow her on Instagram or Twitter at bellafallsbooks. That's B-E-L-L-A-F-A-L-L-S-B-O-O-K-S. This podcast, like so many self-published books out there, is made possible by Readsy, a marketplace that connects indie authors with the tools that traditional publishing houses would usually provide, such as editors, book cover designers, and publicists. You can learn more about Readsy on Instagram at Readsy underscore HQ, on Twitter at Readsy HQ, or online at R-E-E-D-S-Y dot com.